One of the most impressive things about our modern culture is how we have at our fingertips no end of information. From the unprecedented convenience of our smartphones, we can find out almost every bit of information our hearts would ever desire. We can communicate, we can seek knowledge, we can watch dumb memes, all from the, the, the convenience of our smartphones. We can access real-time data about stocks and weather and sports or elections. We can, we can get news, we can order food, we can order plane tickets, we can order lift tickets, we can order pants, all delivered to our door. We can get driving directions in a foreign country, or if we don't want to drive in a foreign country, we can order an Uber. We can find out how to walk from point A to point B in Barcelona, all from the convenience of our smartphones. These many marvels, as capable as they are, and if you're one who smugly says, I have a flip phone, I'm better than everybody, don't email me. God bless you. These many marvels, as capable as they are, can be scuttled and rendered useless when the battery dies. For all its capabilities, when the battery is dead, the phone is of no use. A phone without a charge is unable to function at all because a dead phone is a useless phone. It's possible for us here at the end of our study on the armor of God we've been considering over the last number of weeks, it's possible that this teaching, this truth we've seen in Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20, to be useless to us as well. Yeah, we can understand what each piece is, but it's not enough to put this armor on. We must know how to use it, and we must have power to use it. Without the power of prayer, your armor is useless to you. Like a dead smartphone. If we do not pray and ask the Lord to help us and guide us and lead us, our armor is useless. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 18 through 20 is going to call us today to pray at all times. This armor protects us. The one who protects us is really the Lord himself. And to use this armor aright, to fight against the evil one, we must be in regular contact with the Lord himself through prayer. He doesn't just give us the armor and say, catch you on the backside. He says, here's the armor. I want you to daily rely on me. And how do we do that? Prayer. Prayer. Prayer is the way we access power from God so that we are not useless in our fight against the devil. Here's the big idea for today. Pray. 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 Pray at all times for the power that only comes from the Lord. Pray when you don't feel like it. Pray when you feel like it. Pray when you feel strong. Pray when you feel weak. Pray when you understand. Pray when you don't. Pray when things are going well. Pray when things are falling apart. But most of all, pray, pray, pray for the power of the Lord so that we might stand against the schemes of the evil one, so that we may not be like useless smartphones 
without a charge. So we're going to visit Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20 for the last time. I'm going to read the whole passage, but we're going to focus on the last three verses, verses 18 through 20. If you have a Bible, please follow along with me as I read from the English Standard Version. God's Word says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and his shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And Take the helmet of salvation, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Here's our section for this morning. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly, to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Mighty God, we are weak, but we think we're strong. We're frail, but we think we're robust. Lord, I pray that you would help us to remember in the brief moments we have together that We will pass away, but your word will not. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us this morning as we consider your word to come in contact with eternal truth that's unlike anything we come in contact with throughout the rest of the week. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be able to overcome my many vulnerabilities and weaknesses to serve these people you love so much that you gave your son for, that you, Jesus, died for. Help us this morning. And in your name we pray. Amen. Pray, 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 pray for the power from the Lord. Two simple points. At all times and for his strength. At all times and for his strength. First, at all times. In verses 18 through 20, Paul drops the armor metaphor and moves on to prayer. Notice that the use of, in verse 18, we have the word all. It shows up four times. We see the word all, and when we have repetition like that, we should take note because he's trying to communicate something to us. Look at verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. 
So we have all, 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 all. What's he doing? He's saying, listen, pray all the time. Pray in all kinds of different ways. Pray when you feel like it. Pray when you don't. Just pray. In fact, you can see the beginning of verse 18 says, praying at all times in the Spirit. This is meant to be connected to the rest of the armor of God. So you could render this something like, as you put on the armor of God, be praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, da-da-da-da-da. So this maps out, verse 18 maps out how we ought to pray. As Christians, how ought we to pray? Constantly, diversely, watchfully, and widely. Constantly, diversely, watchfully, and widely. First, how are we to pray at all times? We're to pray constantly. Why are we to pray at all times? Why are we to pray constantly? Because the fight is never ending. The devil never rests. There is no one, not one moment that we're able to take our guard down. The devil and his forces do not rest or grow weary. They are constantly coming so that we must be, therefore we must be in constant prayer. What is ours in Christ, which is what we've seen with the armor metaphor, we must lay hold of in prayer. See, when we recognize what the armor represents, we are reminded how we ought to pray at all times. So here's how, here's a way we are to remind ourselves of what we have from Christ even as we pray at all times to experience the power of Christ. So here's how we might pray as we think about the armor of God. The belt of truth. So we might be able to pray something like this. The truth is, is that I am saved by grace through faith by the life and work of Jesus Christ. That is the truth. Lord, help me to lay hold of this truth even as I know this truth holds me. We have the breastplate of righteousness and we pray, Lord, I know that I've been declared righteous in the courts of heaven by God the righteous because the righteous son died in my place. Lord, help me to be both help me both not to feel condemned and grow in godliness. The shoes of peace. We can pray, I am at peace with God both now and always. Lord, help me to feel that peace deep within my soul and spread that peace with others, with my words, my attitude, my actions all throughout the day. The shield of faith. I believe Jesus has saved me, and not only that, he will protect me and help me. Lord, help me not to trust in false saviors like money or family or ability or health or education. Salvation. The helmet of salvation. Lord, I am safe today because I know Jesus has saved me. Therefore, I can trust him completely, knowing that he protects me and preserves me and has my best at his heart at all times. The sword of the Spirit. Lord, let your word guide my heart and my feet today. Help me to fight off temptations that come to my heart and the evil one by the truth of the word that is mine. See, that's one of the ways. Do you see when we, when we walk through the armor of God like that, it's engaging with what we have been given from Christ. And it's reminding ourselves that the power rests not with ourselves, but with Him. Prayer is not merely just asking things of the Lord, but speaking to the Lord and reminding ourselves what is true about the Lord and ourselves. See, we pray 
in part to remind ourselves of things that are true and thereby inform our hearts. I've talked to too many Christians who feel guilty because they do not pray enough. Few of us do. But sometimes these Christians who feel like they don't pray enough don't even try. If that's you, start like this. Pray in short five to, second, five to ten second bursts. It's okay. Right? When you feel weak, ask the Lord for help. When you feel vulnerable, say, I know that I am safe in His hands. Lord, help me feel safe. So speak the truth and ask for help. So that's one of the ways we pray at all times. We pray at all times whenever we feel like it or when we don't. So just try. Pray, pray, pray at all times for power from the Lord. We're also called to pray with all kinds of prayers. We're called to pray with all kinds of prayers. We're called to pray diversely. This is what Paul means when he says that to pray with all prayer and supplication. There are many different ways and many different kinds of prayer, just as there are many different kinds of conversation. Remember, prayer is just speaking to the Lord. Sometimes prayer is a long, unhurried conversation, and at other times it's a short burst of crying for help. The important thing is to pray all kinds of different prayers. It's natural to ask for things that we need. And if you're like me, that's what I usually think of first to pray for. That's good and right, because all good gifts come from the Father of lights, So we should ask Him for those things that we need. But also, we should remember that the Lord's Prayer begins by taking our attention off of ourselves and putting upon Him when we say, Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in Heaven. See, I I act Oh, Father in heaven, look at me. May my will be done on earth. See, this this attention to God comes before we ask for our necessary and daily, but daily bread. Why do we? Why is it important to direct our attention to the Lord when we pray? I think one reason is to reorder our disordered hearts. I am in tune with all the things that I need. I think you are too. I'm in tune with all of my frustrations. I'm in tune with all those things that bother me. I'm in tune with all those things that keep me up at night. I am in tune with those things because those are things that my heart is constantly replaying in my mind. But I can be woefully out of tune when it comes to the greatness and majesty of God. Part of the reason we pray is to remind ourselves that we're not God. And we're not in control, and we're not sovereign. And God doesn't need to check with us to make sure we're okay with what just happened. So when we pray, try this. Spend just a few moments merely praising God for who He is for what he's done. And then turn that praise into thankfulness. Thankfulness. 
We can express praise to God by, note, by saying, Lord, you are all-powerful, but yet you're also good. You're thrice holy, but yet you sent your Son. You are gracious and merciful, patient and kind. You're self-existent, needing no one, but you delight to show yourself to people like me. You're the God of all truth, but you allow me to come to you and ask forgiveness. You're perfect. You've never learned or wondered anything. For you, Lord, nothing is impossible. You know what? We need those kinds of resets. Because what's true about him is not true about us. I wonder a great many things. I wonder how this is going to turn out. I wonder how that situation is going to go. I'm grateful that my God doesn't. See, when we point our minds and our hearts away from ourselves and on Him first, it's a reorientation that we all need to experience on a daily basis. It's good to stop and praise God as we pray. Just to say, hey, (laughs) I'm going to reset my mind and my heart here. My desires are not the most important thing. My troubles are not the most demanding thing. But Lord, you, you and who you are, you I need to consider here just for a few moments. And then when we praise the Lord, we can turn around and express gratitude to the Lord. See, when we, we have been given so many gifts, just to be able to turn around and say, whoa, look at what the Lord has given me. Daily, I experience good food. I have shelter and clothing. I have work and leisure time. My mind works. I can think. I can exercise. There are friends I can call when I need help. I've got money. I've got a relation, a church full of people that love me and I love. There is no end to those kinds of, those kinds of opportunities to express gratefulness. See, when we're ungrateful, we go around thinking God owes us. And that's a, that's a recipe for a special kind of misery because you will be perpetually disappointed. But if you see that all good things come to you from a good God, you will see that there is power in that kind of prayer and protection. So to be able to access the power, we must pray. We must pray. We must pray constantly. We must pray Diversely, we also must pray with perseverance or watchfully. See that in verse 18? Keep alert with all perseverance. This is a summons to vigilance. As in prayer, we can get tired and it can get boring and it can get monotonous and we can slumber spiritually. We've, we've, we know from the scriptures that the devil prowls around looking for someone that he might devour. And he is more likely to devour you if you are spiritually sleepy 
and or dull. One sure sign that you're sleepy is if you think, if I were in control, everything would be okay. Or, if people would just listen to me, things would be fine. Or, I'm good. I've got this. It's not true. See, we're called to be ever vigilant, reminding ourselves that when we trust ourselves, we ruin ourselves. Verse 10. Remember what verse 10 says right at the beginning? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Why? Because we have no strength, no reserves of our, of, in and of ourselves. None. We must experience the might that comes from the Lord. Otherwise, we will fall. If we cease to ask the Lord for strength, we become spiritually dull. We also grow dull when we merely think about our problems instead of taking them to the Lord. Let me give you an example. I was talking to someone recently, and she said offhandedly as she was considering how to, something she was trying to do to honor the Lord, she said, the committee in my head was saying to me, you're not worthy enough to do that. And I said, that's brilliant. We all have committees in our heads, don't we? Man, I do. And they convene all the time. Sometimes these committees that are in my head constantly and endlessly want to think about my problems over and over and over to try to come up with a solution. But it just leaves me feeling overwhelmed. Sometimes the committee says, you know what? Let's review again those things that people have done to wrong us from the past. And let's have imaginary conversations with them in your head, with the aid of this committee, of course. And of course, in these imaginary conversations, as the committee sets it up in my head, I know exactly what to do and what to say to make that other person look foolish. And when I go along with the committee in my head, I become spiritually dull and sleepy. Why? Because I'm not taking those requests to the Lord. I'm replaying them in my mind. And I can become bitter, resentful, angry. And friends, this is exactly what the evil one wants. I've started, and this is only embarrassingly recently, I've started interrupting the committee in my head and saying, out of order, guys. Out of order. I know there are things people have done against me and who have wronged me, but it's out of order. I'm not going to rehearse that anymore. We're going to stop and we're going to pray for that person. Committee, shut up. We're going to stop and we're going to... You brought this up, so we're going to pray for that person. It sounds simple. It sounds like, well, you're 50 years old and you just figured this out. But man, it's helped me. The committee's quieter these days. 
and I'm more able to watch, pray watchfully. How about you and your committee in your head? Do you listen to them or do you speak to them? Or do you interrupt them and say, you know what, guys? We're praying. We're not going to do this anymore. We're called to pray, pray constantly, diversely, watchfully for power from the Lord. We're also called to pray for all the saints. We're called to pray widely. We're called to pray widely. We pray for everyone. Now notice, it doesn't say everyone, actually. It says, pray for all the saints. Saints just means holy ones, and this is one of the ways the New Testament refers to people who follow Jesus. As this is, a saint is a Christian. Now, this does not mean that we should, we should neglect praying for unbelievers, but as Christians, our priority is to pray for the saints. The best way you can help the saints is by praying for the saints. That is the best way. That is the most powerful way. That is the way that the people in your life who are Christians very much need. They need you to be praying for them. Why? Because every Christian you have in your life needs help. Every Christian in this room needs help. You might not know how, but we all need help. And as you pray, you strengthen them. You release power that would power from the Lord upon them. So this is the primary way we are to help each other. So we pray for those who are sick. We pray for those who are sad. We pray for those who are discouraged. We pray for those in our church. We pray for those who are young. We pray for those who are older. We pray for those who are in our small group. We pray for those who are in foreign countries. We pray for those who are in prison. We pray for those experiencing adversity. We pray for those being tested by prosperity. We pray for young moms, older moms, young dads, older dads, little kids, teenagers. We pray for everyone, for all the saints. And here's a real simple strategy. Whenever someone comes to mind, pray for them. Just someone comes to mind, Lord, help that person. I know they're, they're weak. Please help them. Like, boom. There's like this power that is now associated with, with, you, with that person. Like, there is strength that you have now unleashed for that person. See, praying reminds us that we lack the power and ability to get along alone in this world. And we need to uphold and keep watch over ourselves and over each other. We are weak and we need power from the one who is the king of ages, the immortal, invisible one, the only God who deserves honor and glory forever and ever. We are to pray for him, pray to him at all times, in every situation. We're to pray to him constantly, diversely, watchfully, widely, so that we might be able to experience power from our God just to live and make it through the day. So we're, we're, we're called first 
to pray at all times. We're called second. Here's our second point this afternoon, this morning. To pray for his strength. To pray for his strength. See, Paul tells them to pray at all times, and then he models what to pray for powerfully in verses 19 and 20. Notice what Paul requests here. He says, and also for me, that words may be given me, may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. This is remarkable. He literally models the very thing that we've been talking about, praying at all times, in all ways, for power. And he's asking the church in Ephesus to pray that he would have the power to preach boldly, to pray that he would be given the words to be able to proclaim the gospel message of Jesus Christ to his captors. Because at this point, when he is writing, he is imprisoned, because he's imprisoned by Rome because he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ in Jerusalem and it caused a ruckus. He's incarcerated awaiting a hearing before a Roman tribunal that literally held his life in their hands. They could keep him, they could set him free, they could keep him locked up, or they could kill him. They held his life in their hands. Notice, he doesn't draw attention to the injustice of this situation. He doesn't say, how dare these guys? He doesn't ask them to prepare some kind of legal brief so that he can get out and appeal. And even more, the Roman prison system required that prisoners had to provide for their own food and clothing and medical care. So if they were hungry and didn't have money to pay for it, too bad. If they're sick, there's often no medical care to be had. Chances are, chances are really good that Paul was hungry and maybe cold. But what does he ask? That words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. That is remarkable. If I were in his position, what would I ask the people to pray for? Hey guys, I need to get out. Pray that way, please. It's pretty miserable here in Rome being locked up against my will. I can't go to and fro as I want to. I want to be free. I got a cough and I can't get good medical care. I need help. Please pray that I get out of here real soon. But he doesn't do that. Why? He sees his imprisoned status as a mission field. And he's more concerned that in whatever capacity he's called upon to boldly preach the message of the good news of Jesus Christ to whoever he's in front of. He's more concerned with the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ than his own freedom. And you know what? We know how the story went. How did it go? Was Paul able to speak boldly? Yes. 
The Lord answered his prayer, but not in the way he expected. He had to defend himself before the Roman tribunal, and he references this defense to Timothy in some of his last recorded words. Paul says, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. Here's how the Lord answered his prayer. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. No one stood by him, but the Lord did strengthen him. Oftentimes we pray for something and the Lord answers that in a way that we did not expect and would not want. Do you think when Paul asks the Ephesian church to pray for him so that he might boldly proclaim, do you think he ever envisioned in his wildest dreams that he would have to stand up in front of the Roman tribunal all by himself? That they would look at him and say, you talk about this whole world that's been turned upside down by the gospel, and here you are, Paul, you little man, all by yourself. Where are your friends? Where are the people that have been changed forever? Where are they? They're not here with you now. And yet Paul, all alone, stood and boldly proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. It didn't go like he expected, but the Lord strengthened him. See, it's a good reminder for us as we look at what happened to Paul that we are in a, the, uh, we're in a battle for our lives. We're in a battle against the evil one. And the point of all of our lives in this room as Christians is not to achieve our dreams or be fulfilled in all of our giftings or for everyone to speak well of us or for things always to go well, but to stand in the strength of the Lord and His might and do His will for our lives. His will often is very different than what we think should be His will for us. That's why we need armor, friends. That's why we need strength from Jesus, or we will not stand. When I studied what Paul requested this week, I was thunderstruck by how aware I am of my own needs and how little I think of the greater purposes of Jesus. Even this, we must pray for strength and ask for a greater perspective because life is so very difficult, we cannot stand on our own. And on our own, we cannot have the appropriate purpose in mind for why we're here. We are not here for our own name and glory and fame. We're here for His. And so we must pray, pray, pray for strength. Because life is difficult. If you read the New Testament, we find Paul often prays for 
his friends in his letters. He often prays for his friends. I did a little digging this week and found that he prays, he reports his prayers for his friends over 40 times in all the 13 books that he's written in the New Testament. Over 40 times, he tells people what he's praying for them or records a prayer. And throughout all of those prayers, how many times do you think he prays that their personal circumstances would change? How many times in over 40 prayers do you think that he prayed that his friend's personal circumstances would change? None. Not once. What does that mean? Does that mean that our circumstances are not important? No. Does that mean we shouldn't pray for our circumstances to change? No. But it does mean changing our circumstances are much less important than growing in the knowledge of God. That's what that means. It's not as if his friends were safe and secure. They faced all manner of trial and trouble. They were under the yoke of despotic government. Many of, them lacked, many of them lacked proper food and shelter. They lacked the benefit of modern medicine. They had trouble, and they often barely made it. And yet Paul prays for none of those things when he, when he prays for them. He prays prayers like this. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in all my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may have enough to eat. <coughs> no. So that you might be healed. Nope. So that all your hopes and dreams will be fulfilled. Nope. What? So that you may know him better. So that we may know him better. What if all of our troubles and trials and circumstances that come to us in our lives are so that we might know him better? What if everything that befalls us, every disappointment, every tribulation, every trouble, were come to us so that we might recognize, I can't handle this on my own and I need help. And we cry out to the one, the only one, who's in control of all things. And in so doing, we grow in the knowledge of our God. So that though he may not release us from this trial, through this trial, we find at the end, we know him better. That's better. He also prays this. I pray also that the, light, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. which is up high above and beyond all the circumstances, all the troubles, all the trials that we face. There is a hope that exists out there beyond all of that. 
It is the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints and His incomparably great power for us who believe. It's a power that's like the working of His mighty strength which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every title that can be given not only in this in the present age, but also in the age to come. And God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be head over everything for the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. He prays that our hearts might be enlightened so that we might know that we have a hope beyond our present troubles. A hope beyond all the things that press in as secure as the one who is seated above all things. What if all of our circumstances that we endure are meant to help us see that we need help just to make it through? What if all of the circumstances we go through are meant to draw us up, draw our eyes away from ourselves and the resources we don't have and look to Him? What if that's the reason we face some of the trials that we face? I'm not minimizing the trials that we face, and I know many of us in this room are facing things that you've never faced before, and I'm not trying to minimize those things. But I think Scripture shows us that there's something better. There's something better for us, and it's a knowledge of Him. I'll give you my favorite prayer here as we close. For this reason, Paul says in Ephesians 3, I kneel before the Father from whom the whole, His whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with all power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love deep within your souls, this love that surpasses knowledge, so that we might be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. What if our circumstances, our troubles, our trials, our hardships at the end helped us know how much Jesus loves us? What if that's the effect? You know what? I'll go through a lot. I'll go through anything the Lord thinks I can or should. so that I might be filled with the fullness of God as, as I in some measure grasp His love. And this is true. This, whole, this is something that is out there for all of us. Friends, let me tell you a secret about this life. None of us are making it out alive. And our troubles are a reminder of how weak we are and that we need help. They show us that we cannot protect ourselves by ourselves and that we need help today, tomorrow, and forever. What if the trials that we go through are a summons to take our eyes off ourselves and put our eyes upon Him? 
to pray, to pray for strength. Here's how weak I am. I'm only lately finally realizing that all that has come to me in my life, my God, my good God has allowed to take me down? No. To show me his faithfulness in and through it. And also to show me that I cannot stand alone. The armor is just a metaphor for the strength and protection that is ours in Christ. So, as we close, let's apply what we've learned from the armor of God. When difficult circumstances assail us and the, desperate, the devil whispers that God is not pleased with us, we can respond, I wear and have the belt of truth of the gospel. Lord, help me remember the good news is that I am in Christ. Therefore, the truth is he is now pleased with me. When I sin again and again and the devil shouts that I am guilty and condemned, I can respond, Christ is my righteousness. Lord, help me remember that I am guilty, but my guilt has been destroyed forever at the cross, and the Son has been condemned for me. And when afflictions blow in my face and the devil says it's because this is what you deserve, we can respond, Christ has given me his peace by taking away the trouble that would come because of my sin. Lord, help me to grasp the peace that is yours and you promise can be mine even in the midst of trials. When you wonder if your doubts disqualify you and the devil says, real Christians would never doubt that stuff, you can respond, my faith may be small, but my Savior is not. Lord, help me to grow in my trust for you. When you're afraid that the life Life will sweep you away and you're in total danger and the devil says you're vulnerable and God doesn't even care. You can respond, I am saved and I am safe in Christ. Lord, help me to remember that you will keep me and I cannot keep myself. And when lies assail you and the devil says all manner of horrid things, you can respond, the promises in the word are mine. They're mine now. They're mine tomorrow. They're mine for the rest of my life. And though the grass withers and the flower fades, the Word of God stands forever. Friends, may we pray, pray, pray for His strength so that we might stand. Let's pray together. Lord, in a room this size, I know that there are all kinds of things that are, that people, burdens and troubles that folks have brought into this room that are assailing them right now, Lord. And I pray that you would help them and keep them, Lord. I pray, Lord, that they would cry out to you and ask for help. I pray especially for any here who are not Christians, who do not know you, who think they're okay and who think they've got everything under control. I pray that you would reveal to them, I pray that you have revealed to them by the preaching of your word that they don't. And that there is no hope outside of you. And that you provide help for any who are willing to confess and ask for forgiveness. 
Jesus, I pray that you would help us as a church to withstand the attacks of the evil one. I pray that you would help us to be a people that prays, that comes to you, asks for help. I pray that we would not be like dead smartphones, useless. But instead, Lord, I pray that we would go to you asking for strength and power to be able to stand, knowing that in you we have all that we need to stand firm. But we cannot stand firm without the strength that you provide. Jesus, it's in your name that we pray and that we hope and that we stand and that we ask for help. It's in your name we pray. Amen.